Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. With you, as always, I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Kay. Ivy for the win! Ivy for the win! Uh, So, there we go. Now I'm ready. Uh, In case you did not watch the game today, that was Casey mimicking uh, the end of the Purdue-Ohio State game, which we will cover here shortly. We're going to cover the win over Ohio State as well as the win over Iowa. That win over Iowa on the road, the win over Ohio State was at home. Uh, But before we get into that, I wanted to talk about the recent schedule changes that the Big Ten announced. Uh, Casey, I assume you saw these? Oh, yeah. So we had a conversation about this uh, as the Michigan game was getting canceled. We knew it wasn't going to look pretty. No, no. I mean, you just there are only so many openings available and you're doing it for multiple teams. So invariably, something is going to have to be moved around. And the Big Ten announced that Purdue, uh, their game against Iowa, which was originally set for February 10th, is being moved up two days. So it will be on February 8th. Now, that comes just three days after Purdue plays Michigan at Mackey Arena. Wait, so Iowa's getting moved up? Or, sorry, Illinois. Yes. Yeah, we do not play Iowa a third time. Yes. Uh, so the Illinois game is being moved up to February 8th. And then the game against Michigan, which is going to be at Michigan, which was originally scheduled for January 11th, but you'll recall had to be uh, postponed due to COVID issues within the Michigan program, is now set for February 10th. So to recap, P- Purdue will play at home against Michigan on the 5th at home against Illinois on the 8th, go to Ann Arbor on the 10th, 
and then come home to play Maryland on the 13th. Uh, so that is a hell of an eight-day span. Yowie wowie! And and Michigan is looking slightly better than they were back on January 11th. So uh, this could be really uh, impactful for, for Purdue's Big Ten chances. I don't know what you're talking about. We are a dominant team. <laughs> yes, we have never let a lead slip away. Mm. Uh, you know, when people talk about Purdue, we the were, first thing I that mean, comes to mind is just holding a lead. I was able to turn the game off with like 15 minutes left. We're up 20 points. Like, yeah. Purdue's great. Yeah, and I, I didn't look at the final score, but I assume we won by roughly 20. 85,000. Yeah, oh, well, that's even better. So uh, we are, of course, uh, joking because today's game was a nail-biter in every sense of the word. But well, let's talk about that one second. Um, let's talk about the Iowa game first. Now, Casey, since this game was on the road, uh, we had no one in attendance covering the game. That means you took the game wrap for us. Uh, and I loved your headline. I, I, just want you to, I just want you to read the headline uh, and then tell me a little bit about why you went with that headline. Well, you're going to make me have to memorize it, but I believe it said the it factor. Yes. IT, but of course, yeah, there you go. Letters. The IT factor. Isaiah Thompson. Um, Your boy. Yeah. My, my, my guy. <laughs> um, turns out when you play a team that doesn't have guards that are big or strong or athletic or get into you or play any defense at all. Um, Isaiah Thompson. That's a lot of caveats. Isaiah Thompson feels really comfortable. Uh 28 minutes, one of his, I have to imagine, high on the season. I can click into that and look like a professional. 28 minutes is, that is the most minutes he's played all season. And it felt like it, right? Because he was yeah. on the court doing good things. Obviously, Jaden Ivey coming off the bench, which he did again today against Ohio State. So there was a, a weird double point guard lineup that I think we were all terrified of. Yes. As soon as I saw the starting lineup was announced <laughs> with both Hunter Jr. and Thompson in it, I was like, Oh, I don't like this this one bit, and yeah. I think it it actually I mean it has to do with the uh, fact that Brandon Newman has regressed because otherwise you would think yeah. he would have been a shoe in for that starting lineup as he was in that first game. I uh, say that, he was, yeah. <laughs> that well, yeah, the first game that um, Ivy was out, you would have just assumed Purdue was going to stay with him, but he just played so poorly in that game that Painter had to go elsewhere. So to have uh, I to have Hunter Jr. And Thompson starting was very strange. Yeah, I mean, we've pretty much spent all season being like, is there any way to not have Hunter and Thompson on the floor right. at all? Could we do that? And turns out the counter was we're going to start them both and play them both. And honestly, it worked out. Uh, yeah. Iowa really, uh, first of all, I think we can say we vanquished Iowa's press concerns. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it was simple. It was make sure that the guy is not with the ball particularly our four, Gillis are first, sprint, not run, sprint towards the ball to make sure they are a release valve. And it worked. We got open looks out of it. We got into our half-court offense, which after the press, I was not interested in playing defense. <laughs> it's not a thing that's on their agenda. They're not good at it. And fair enough, when the, when the game got close, Isaiah Thompson came up and made some plays, a couple of plays we are not used to seeing him make. Made a big, uh, two big floaters inside, made that big corner three, 18 points, which was a career high, I believe. So, yeah, yeah, you see that, and you you have to feel good because uh, we're going to need our point guards in big games to play well. And that was a big game on the road, and Isaiah Thompson played well. I don't yeah. think it's, you know, something we can count on a lot. And against other teams, he's going to struggle because he's not a good matchup, 
but when he can play when he's out there, it's good to see him make shots, be aggressive, come up with plays when we really did need them. Yeah, and I mean, you've been someone who hasn't been sold on Isaiah Thompson all season. You've, you've, you've talked about his limitations. So to see him step up in a game where, uh, you know, the first time around when these two teams played, Purdue wound up uh, with 17 turnovers and almost lost the game uh, because of those turnovers. They still had 15 in the game at Iowa, but, you know, they were able to pull it out. And it was a pretty comfortable win. I mean, ended up winning 83 to 73, so double-digit win. Uh, before the game, you predicted a 15-point win, so you weren't too far off. Um, we were pretty close until we started, like, screwing around at the end. Yeah, I, it's it's a shock. Again, it's a shock that a Purdue team would allow an opponent to come back in a game. So um, Thompson obviously pray, played great. Um, what did you think of the center position uh, against Iowa? That's so obviously Edie and Williams. Williams, I think, played better than, than Edie did in this game, but... It's it's still to me there we're not getting the production from that position that we had previously, uh, you know, throughout the beginning of the year. And I'm just starting to get a little concerned uh, about the two of them uh, not giving us everything we need. Really? Yeah. I I thought it was encouraging how well both big men were going after rebounds in that game. I mean, Uh, he only had four. It doesn't look as impressive, but he also only played 15 minutes. Uh, I thought Travion was really good on the glass. Uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. Uh, I like that. Um, it's. I think it's weird that it's pretty clear, you know, looking forward into the Ohio State game as well, that Edie is the better player. It's certainly right now. Um, whatever magic Trey had in those first flashes to start the year, I don't know where that's gone. He looks a little... Uh, he doesn't... J- things aren't as easy for him as it looked like at the beginning of the year. And I think a lot of it is teams aren't, they're not being as predictable with the way they defend him. And he seems like he's pressing when he has one-on-one and not quite feeling the game as much when they do send a double. Yeah. So that concerns me, but I'm not worried about our big 10 play, our big guys play. Um, You can say the numbers are down. That's true. You can say that each guy individually has been disappointing in a myriad of games lately, our centers have still won their matchups pretty convincingly every one of these games. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. But to me, the center position is supposed to be such a strength for this team that I want to do more than just win our matchup against, you know, whether it be Coburn or whatever three or four headed monster some other team is going to throw at us. I want to be able to dominate that matchup. And I want that matchup to be able to open up things so much for our other offensive players. And with the way... Trevion has been struggling, especially just missing so many bunnies lately. Um, that's something that we haven't really seen. He's usually been so consistent from those, you know, three, four, five footers that it really concerns me that maybe player, maybe the defense uh, won't have to key on him as much, and it's going to hurt guys like Sasha uh, or guys like It who are trying to hit it uh, from deep for us. I I think it's one of those things where our bigs are so good no matter what. Kind of like the way a really good shooter, even if he has an off night, he's still creating space for other players. So even when Edie and Trey are not playing well, they are creating space and open looks and points, regardless of how many they score themselves. That's fair. And I I think they're both good enough to this point where if we're talking about a disappointing game from Trey and Edie, that's my least concerns going forward. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... 
you're not wrong. Um, I, I think it's this is just a they're a victim of my high expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we expect so much out of them because we've seen what they can do. Um, I mean, combined, they had 18 points, 14 rebounds. So it, when you look at it that way, that's a pretty good output from the center position. So we'll take that. Um, but again, it's just something I, I just have such regard for the way that they can play that I think I want more from them each and every game. So it's not a perfect 40 and we were getting that for a good yeah. portion to start. The yeah. Year. Yeah. Um, someone who, who did not have a great game against Iowa, uh, was my boy, uh, Mason Gillis, 11 minutes, zero points, missed two free throws. And which is really surprising for him because, yeah. uh, you know, he previously was at 100% from yeah. the free throw line, uh, grabbed three three rebounds, one assist, one turnover, uh, couldn't really get anything going against Iowa, uh, a bit of a down game for him. But, you know, that's going to happen every now and then. As long as he doesn't make it a habit, I think we can we can get over it. That, and I mean, first came in and gave us good minutes again. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not big counting stats, but four rebounds in 14 minutes, four points, didn't miss a shot, uh, two assists to go with that, no turnovers. I thought he played really well, and he he's a different body type than Gillis, which I think is important because, especially with a team like Iowa, where they have both the Murrays, who are just nightmares. Yeah, nightmares. Yeah. And it's good to be able to bring someone in like First, who not only can athletically keep up with them left to right, he's also long enough to bother their shots. Gillis is not a big guy, and he's not great at tracking his guy on defense. Yeah, he when does the ball lose goes his guy. <laughs> like, he does lose his guy every now and then. It's it's it happens at least two times a half. And well, it was, it was really noticeable in the Ohio State game today, but we can get to yeah. that later. Yeah, it's noticing that, and you just see it a lot where he like he's he's great running on a line and attacking the ball, but he doesn't have the height to not completely clear out the area. It's not enough that he just touches a guy because he's if he's not getting a full run and jump into it, he's not getting to the ball. And it, you just want a little more solid play from him because I think we've both been fairly impressed and surprised by the big plays he's making. Hey, I have not yeah. been surprised. I was on the Mason You expected Gillis. this much? Yeah. I expected I him to be a, I expected him to be a key player. I told you, you know, that I thought he could take over the starting spot from first uh, once he came back from the suspension. And I think he's proved me right. You know, you, you may be correct in that. I, I think he's, he might be doing a little more than I expected, but he's certainly been someone who I think can be a key contributor on this team. Yeah, but it's mostly his offensive game, right? Yeah, I mean, he he is making uh his shooting has improved. I'll say a that. lot. Yeah, and I mean he's I mean he was really good at Ohio State offensive rebound. I'd say he's a better offensive rebounder than he is a defensive rebounder oh, yeah, by now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It's not particularly close. No. So I I think that's weird because you watch him and I think everyone has thought solid defensive player, good box out guy, rebounder, just a solid player. But honestly, he's really skilled on offense, um, does a good job on the offensive glass, can knock down a jump shot now, except for mid-range shots that are wide open with 20 <laughs> seconds left in the shot clock. That Yeah, but those are worth If you have the balls anyway, to take the, that, you better. The analyti- yeah, the you analytics tell us that's a bad that. shot, so you don't want to take it anyway. <sighs> Not even analytics. The defense is telling you <laughs> take it because he was wide open and they were like, oh, no. <laughs> no, somebody stop him. <laughs> please. Not Mason Gillis from the elbow. So I yeah, I, I, I think I think he's a good rim protector. Um uh, he's athletic. I just I need him to sharpen up a little bit. I when it comes to tournament time, we can't have all these loose balls not go to us that have yeah, been I get not that. going I to get us. That. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of come tournament time and things we can't have happen, in that Iowa game, I mean, it's lucky lucky we could shoot the ball from deep. We were 13 to 22 for 59% because my goodness, did we struggle at the free throw line? 10 of 22. Um, I mean, oh boy. I mean, we've talked about the free throw struggles this entire season and saying that it's going to come back to bite us one day and it almost did on this day. Uh, luckily, like I said, against Iowa, we built a pretty steady lead. But 10 of 22, uh, Jaden Ivey, 2 of 7. That was surprising, you know? Just uh, we really got to get that together. Like we did against Ohio State? Exactly. You know, the the thing that we've learned is everything that happened in the Iowa game, we learned 100% completely from, didn't let it carry over to Ohio State, solved all our problems. Let's, can we just jump to the Ohio State game? Because uh, I – yeah, the yeah, Iowa yeah. game happened, and I'm done and over with it because we got some things. We got we got some problems, Ledman. Yes. So uh, today, of course, Ohio State Buckeyes, ranked number 16 in the country, came to Mackey Arena for uh, the first meeting between the two, and it honestly it looked like it was going to be a route. A route. Um, Purdue looked great. Purdue Amazing. looked great on offense. Um, you know, led by double digits the vast majority of the game. Went into halftime with a comfortable lead, and then. In the second half, pushed that lead up to 20 points uh, with about 15 or 16 minutes to go. I can't remember the exact time. And literally in my head, I said, oh, this game's over. There's no way they're going to come back. I mean, they'll make a run and it'll get closer, but we've won this game. And then slowly but surely, Ohio State chipped away, chipped away. I look down and it's all of a sudden it's nine points and then it's five and then it's four. Uh, and ultimately it took a Jaden Ivy three-pointer with no time left on the clock to win the game for Purdue, or maybe two seconds left on the clock to win the game for Purdue. And it was just horrible play down the stretch. So you said you had things to say. Let's hear, uh, how did Purdue get themselves in this situation? Ledman, do you have some pencil and paper on you? Uh, no, no, I don't. Can you but do I have math a phone. in your head? I can do math in my head, yes. All right. 1435 less in the second half. 52 to this is the important number. 32. Okay. It was 52 to 32 Purdue with 14:35. The final score of this game was 81 to 78. Yeah. So that means that means cuz they had 32 and wound up with 78. 40 Ohio State scored 46 points, points in in what? 14 15? minutes and 14. 30 seconds. Uh they and for, for the record, Purdue allowed 30 points in the first half. Purdue was looking like they were they have fixed a lot of their big defensive issues. I, I we were up twenty, and I look, and I'm like, wow, they're still in the thirties. I'm like, we are gonna, we're gonna fix. Like our Kim Palm rating is gonna keep coming down as it has been. Guess what our Kim Palm rating is? It was sixty two going into the game. Sixty four. Ninetieth. Holy Jesus, we, we dropped, dropped almost thirty spots. Thirty spots in advanced metrics. Twenty games into the season, Ledman. That's uh, and we did that in fourteen a... minutes. Yeah, it it was ugly. Um, fourteen minutes, we gave up forty six points. Yeah, it's uh. So I mean, we both watched the game. What I don't know change? what happened. Okay, don't was... ask me. Because I don't I know either. No freaking clue. I mean, it's not like we changed our defense. We didn't do anything different. And then suddenly, Ohio, and I mean, there are times when you watch a Purdue game and the opponent comes back, but the opponent is just hitting tough shots. You know, we're doing the right things defensively. We were up 11, We've got an offense two minutes and 13 seconds left. Yeah, and, and and it was tied. I'll tell you, that last, when, when Purdue was up three 
and was inbounding the ball under Ohio State's basket. That was it was Sasha inbounding, I believe, and he passed uh, to Thompson. It was not a good pass by Thompson, and Tom, or I'm sorry, it was not a good pass by Sasha and Thompson. Not a good didn't, catch either. Yeah, Thompson did not catch it properly, so it was it was on both of them. But oh my gosh, it, it was lucky that my son was asleep. Otherwise, I would have been screaming at the television. I we I. I don't understand. Let it out. Let it out. Casey. I don't it get out. it. You, I look at every one of these numbers. Second chance points, 18 to 11, Purdue. Fast break points, 14 to 12, Purdue. Off the bench, 33 to 32, Purdue. In the well, paint, it helps when, it 42 helps when to 30. Ivey comes off the bench. Yeah, but whatever. Like, let, I, why? Why are we well, this and, way? And Ohio State came into this game as one of the best three-point shooting teams in the Big Ten, correct? Yes, but we were a 10-point favorite, and that's because we match up well against them, and they match up poorly against us, which is exactly what we saw for 95% of this game. Well, but my point is, it's not as if they stayed in the game because of their three-point shooting. They wound up 9 of 29, only 31%, which if you tell me the best three-point shooting team in the Big Ten is going to come in and only shoot 31%, I assume Purdue's going to win by double digits. Yeah, we only turned the ball over 10 times. We talked about it. Ohio State doesn't force turnovers. Yeah. We out-rebounded them. I, I just, it, what, why? Why well, are we like this? I don't what know. Happened? We what happened? We can't even say we crumbled, crumbled, because like, it wasn't like, yes, the one turnover late was bad. Oh, that was so bad. Um, But it's not like our guards like entirely crapped the bed. I, I it, Should we just rack this one up to, like, are we are we bringing too much of our Purdue past into this game and not just awarding this a crazy weird comeback by Ohio State where everything went I mean, right because they had a bunch of threes that were just garbage. Yeah. Um, yeah. From guys that don't do that and like like where does it lie? Obviously, once again, we went fifteen and twenty six from the free throw line. Exactly. That's not good. And we were missing a lot late. Like I I, I think that's what it comes down to, right? Just miss free throws and then. Ohio State just got crazy hot from three. Yeah. Well, and a lot of the missed free throws as the as the game started and then in the beginning of the second half, we missed a lot of front ends of one and ones. So really, I mean, it was even worse than the 15 of 26 if you if you think about it that way because Purdue left so many points on the board. Um, I, I just – I don't know where these free throw problems have, have come from because Zach Eady started the season – as one of the better free throw shooters on this team. And then now he, he started out, I think, 0 for 4, 0 for 5 from the line, and then wound up the 6 of 11 from the game. But he's someone who's going to get to the line a ton, and we need him to make those. His stroke looked better as the game went on, but, oh, boy, we needed those points today. Yeah, I'm encouraged. He's made a uh, – Trey Williams was 1 of 5 from free throw, and almost all yeah. of them were late. Just yeah, no hope. He's It's his fourth year. Yeah, I mean, it's like make who free you, throws. Who do you trust? Who do you trust at the end of the game no to one. just be on the court? Because teams uh, in close games like this, teams are going to foul to send you to the line. They're going to want to stop the clock. And who from Purdue do you trust to be on the floor? Even one because uh, he's never hurt me yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I want I want Gillis out there. Gillis is one of our better better free throw shooters. We got to have a big. So do you throw Edie or do you throw Williams out there? They've both been so inconsistent at the line. I, at this point, Edie, because Trey's weren't even close. Like I, yeah, there's a lot about Trey's play that's bothering right. me. Like, like, yeah. So I, I think Edie's our best player. Um, well, our best big. Yeah. I, I, I didn't expect that clarity this season, and 
to me, it's pretty clear. He had 20 points on nine field goal attempts. Like, yeah. Some yeah, of those he was shots seven he was nine. making, just incredible. Yeah, uh, and I mean, he's getting beat the hell up, too. It's so bad. The The foul differences between teams, it's just, I, I don't know, like, it's just some random thing in their head, like, oh, am I going to call it this time or not? There's no consistency. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, somebody, somebody said it's the, uh, it's the big man tax. Somebody said that yeah. on Twitter. It, but it shouldn't be. Liddell be throws no... his body around inside harder than in. I can't believe he didn't get fl- or didn't get fouls called against him. He has thrown his full weight and lowering his shoulder almost to post up. And I'm just like, if Edie uses even a little bit of arm, he gets a foul. Yeah, ball. yeah. I mean, you shouldn't officiate someone differently because they're seven four or they're five four or they're six four. You know, a foul on a seven foot four guy is a set, is a foul on a six foot four guy. I I don't know why that is so hard to understand. If anything, if a seven four guy's shot is disrupted, it's probably a foul, right? Because right. it's really high up there. Yeah. So I mean, it was it was just a maddening game to watch because it it got so out of hand at the beginning. You're like, oh, this is gonna be a great game. Produce, you know, they're putting it felt the foot so to the... good. Yeah, Hunter was, was playing like, awesome. It's like this is the team we thought they could be. Uh, they're putting it all together finally. Sasha and then, was great in the first half. Yes, Sasha played amazing in the first half. He had a four-point play. I I think we go away from him a little too much. Yeah, he didn't really get many looks in the second half. He had a couple there uh, at the the first half of the second half, uh, and they were good looks, but they Missed just those. didn't yeah. fall. Um, yeah. But then it's it almost seemed like we were like, okay, he had his opportunity, and now we'll move on. Yeah, it's weird because I feel like he is the most consistent guard running the ball through. Just because it, it doesn't stick in his hand. He's either doing something with it or it moves. Ivy is yeah, yeah. obviously a one-man wrecking crew, but once again, Isaiah Thompson gets the ball in his hand at the end of the half for some yes, unforeseen reason. I was going to ask you this. Ivy is just right there, the easiest wide pass open. in the world. Right wide at the open. Line, all he has to do is pass it. And, and what he, does he do? He takes it and somehow get, does a finger roll, I believe it was, over the backboard. Just know who you are. I said this on Twitter, and I said it in the group chat even yeah, you did. less nicely. The reason why <laughs> I will never trust Isaiah Thompson and why, like, personally, I would not want to play with him on my team because he doesn't know what he is. The reason that P.J. Thompson was great, he played hard, played smart, and he knew what he could do. And that is the number one quality to have on the floor. The reason Ivy made that jump shot today, because he knows he can do anything he wants yeah. on the floor. Isaiah Thompson cannot. He has a very limited skill set, and he thinks he can do everything. 18 minutes, 0 of 3, 0 points. No yeah, assists. He had a very, very bad game today. Luckily, um, luckily, Hunter played much better. Hunter was really good attacking the basket. He's long. He is a pretty big point guard. It's good to see him attack the basket. He had 5 assists. Yeah. Good job, Thompson. He looked good on zero. looked good on defense too. Did he's looked a lot better on defense? Yeah, last few I, I don't know. I don't know what he's done over these last five six games, but he seems to be a completely different player. Absolutely, um, he's more locked in. He he's giving more effort. Uh, he's realizing that he is long. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. these long, gangly arms where he can get in passing lanes. He can disrupt teams yep. on defense. And it's really, it's what he did last year. So we know this whole time that he can do it. And he just, something in his head seems to have clicked. And now he just looks like the player we've wanted him to be this whole season. Yeah. And I think, I think we got to mention the elephant in the room here is this keeps happening under Painter. 
he he deserves a brunt of some of this. When you say this keeps happening, what are you referring to specifically? Playing terrible with the lead late. Ah. It is a Purdue Matt Painter staple. And part of it, I think, is rotation issues. Part of it is, I think, his he tells his players to just... I You shouldn't tell your players anything different on offense. Because you're really freaking good on offense. Just keep doing that. Instead, we try to delay, we try to wait, get into this, force that, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, we're not scoring for the last three minutes. Be aggressive still. And then I look at this. Isaiah Thompson played 18 minutes. Mm -hmm. Ethan Morton played 10. We're trying to hold a lead. Why don't you play the guy who's good at defense? Yeah. Because it's not Thompson. Well, and not only – I mean, we can quibble over how good Thompson is on defense, but the fact is Morton is just a much bigger player. Exactly. And the benefit of Hunter playing good is you don't have to play Thompson more. Yeah. That's the number one good thing about Hunter being 30-minute-a-game good. You don't have to force Thompson in there when he's A, not feeling it, B, not a good matchup. And everyone on Ohio State is bigger than him. He didn't have it on offense, clearly, and wasn't offering anything. He's not moving the ball. He doesn't feel the court well. Put Morton in there, and hey, maybe uh, late game when it's tough, he either, as we've seen, gets to the hoop and makes layups, or moves the ball and finds people. And then on defense, you have another long-armed wing that's there. It makes no sense that your strategy is to play slow and smart and take control, and then you don't play that type of rotation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Morton, like you said, nine. I my box score says nine minutes, nine, ten, whatever. Only took one shot, a nice three, made it. Uh, that was his only statistic uh, in the game. So you would, I agree with you. I'd love to see more Morton. Um, but I, I just can't fathom why why Thompson got double the minutes of Morton given the way that he was playing today. I know uh, Painter trusts him. He believes in the he believes in his guys. But at a certain point, even if you just say, "Hey, he's having an off day," you got to figure out a way to get him off the floor today because it, it simply wasn't his day. He was 0 for one on the field, and like you said, zero assists. Uh, and this is a guy who is supposed to be your starting point guard. So enough about the bad. Let's talk about some good. Uh, Jaden Ivey was, uh, just, uh, magnificent at times today. Uh, he did take 20 shots, you know, eight of 20. So, uh, well, (laughs) let me finish. I don't love that. However, at the end of the day, he made the shots that matter. He made the defense work their asses off. Uh, and he made the biggest shot of the game, which is just crazy that he's now done this twice against Ohio State in two years. So uh, kudos to him. Wound up with 21 points, and uh, that last three was just amazing. Did you see the story and the quotes uh, after the game about how the, how that was not the play that was drawn up? I saw briefly that he said he screwed up the play. Yeah, so uh, Purdue had a timeout. Uh, before they got the ball back there uh, mm. midcourt to run their last play. Game was tied, 78-78, and after the game, uh, Ivy said he screwed up. He he went the wrong way, either after a screen or cut the wrong way. I'm not real sure I didn't get the whole, uh, whole quote there because apparently the ball was supposed to go to Edie, uh, but then the, the play blew up because of Ivy's mistake, and so Hunter was driving toward uh, the corner, and Ivy said to himself, well, I guess I'll go and, and fix what I did wrong. <laughs> so he went over there, threw his hands up to get the ball, and took a fadeaway three with about two seconds left. And, how, many and just times, how many times have you seen the replay? Oh, probably five or six. This that's point. it? Yeah. That's, that's pretty good self-control. Have you seen the baseline angle? I don't think so. You're going to have even more appreciation for that shot because you see his full momentum. 
I mean, he lands in Purdue's bench, and there's a defender coming in on him. That is as tough a moving three as you could possibly take, and that might have been the smoothest three he's hit all season. Ah, my God, Ledman. It was beautiful. The stuff he did this game. It was just, before we move on to the rest of what he did, I mean, that shot was just, it was an extreme, like you said, it's extremely difficult shot, not only because of where the shot was and the fact that he was falling and all of that, but I mean, just the circumstance he found himself in, 78-78 tie, after he made a mistake on the play, as he admitted after the game, went the wrong way, and they were up 20 and now find themselves tied. So all of the pressure in that moment and Jaden Ivey just said, yes, bring it on. Give it all to me. I've got it. I mean, it was just incredible. Uh, that's depending on how this season ends, because obviously that kind of makes these shots even more. Uh, yeah. They have different meanings. If you know, if right. Purdue ends up getting a number one seed and ends up winning the whole damn thing, right. you look at that shot and say, yep. wow, what a, what a moment. Yeah. The lore builds yeah. as success comes later, but just to know how close we were to just, crippling ourselves this game and we almost blew another last second play goal and to him just bail us out with just that shot who it's the second time he's done it against ohio state and just the the kid's special it, it's getting to the point where there's no hyperbole really enough to describe some of the things he does on the floor because gets everywhere some of those hanging layups he made just oh my gosh i don't know like his his body seems to defy physics at points Mm -hmm. because uh, here let me just i'm gonna shock everyone who's listening i'm terrible at basketball just absolutely terrible uh cut from my middle school team because i was not that good uh and and here's the thing cut from the middle school basketball team during tryouts they they had an extra spot open somehow after that had a I'm not even this is a true story they had a second tryout for like one additional spot so like I don't remember how many people went uh but I was one of them I went back for to try to make the team again got cut again didn't make the final spot so that tells you how good I am at basketball so far be it from me to criticize anyone but like you watch what Jaden Ivey does on the court once he gets up in the air moves the ball between hands, seems to hang in the air and make different mm-hmm. moves that does not simply does not seem possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he just finishes so beautifully. I mean, he's incredible to watch. Just incredible. Yeah, it, that fast break layup he made where he just oh, yeah. hung in the air long enough to get by the defender and then just, ah, I'll flick this I in. I don't understand it. No. It, I, the, the play where he got free throws where he just, he was going like, I, I don't, he was going vertically into the left forward and then went backwards into the left. <laughs> I just, know what you're trying to say. I, I don't, like, you can't explain no. it. It doesn't make any sense. It, like without losing any momentum, like he is NBA scouts have to be drooling. Absolutely. And at this point, it's just like, all right, can we get to the tournament and see what he's really capable oh, of? I know. I know. Cause we've seen March madness and we've seen March magic. And if that boy's not a wizard, I don't know who is. Yeah. And, you know, you talked about it in the group chat. Did you see – you saw the NBA player who happened to tweet about him, didn't you? I've been calling it from the beginning. John Rant. That's who <laughs> yeah. Ivy is. So, I mean and, – and Ivy loves him. I mean, he's talked about how this that's the player he wants to be. So, to see Ja pay attention to what he's doing in college is pretty cool. Um, I mean, I know he's only a little bit removed from his time in college, but I'm sure that meant a lot to Ivy to see that tweet. Yeah, you know who uh... – was in the same little bracket there in UConn 
on first day games when Carson Edwards and Ryan Klein had their big game I, against Villanova. I believe Ja did, yeah. Yeah, it was. Ja was, yeah. Didn't he, is that the, was that the arena where he took off his shoes and gave them to some kid, or was that later in the tournament? Mm, I don't remember. No, that was that was a cool little moment. He didn't so. give them to me, so. Oh, unfortunately. I was there. So, he could have. I know, I know. What so, a, yeah, what I a mean, horrible place, Ledman. Hartford, Connecticut. <laughs> 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 Can't say I've had the pleasure, so. <laughs> Uh, so you mentioned it when we were talking about the Iowa game, uh, Mason Gillis had a fantastic game today. Uh, you know, the box score only shows seven points, but he grabbed 11 rebounds, two assists, one steal, five offensive rebounds, five offensive rebounds, granted, you know, six defensive rebounds. But as you and I both said, he let quite a few kind of slip by him by not sticking to his man. Uh, you ultimately, you can forgive those because of what he did elsewhere. He lost Uh, Liddell late. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's the one yes. who gave up the corner three. Not great, um, but offensively he made up for it. By the ball just ended up in his hands. I, I yeah, I, at yeah, some he point just, it was he just finds himself in the right spot. Yeah. So yeah, offensive great. Still some work to do on the defensive end, but really good. Uh, we needed. I don't know why, but we needed every one of those <laughs> rebounds. Right. So uh, this. Again, we mentioned the free throws. Purdue today, 15 of 26. Yeah. Uh, just, ooh. So that's now two games in a row where Purdue has just been abysmal at the free throw line. They've won both games. Didn't cost them a game. But, I mean, you hit five or six more of those free throws to, you know, be 20 of 26. It's a completely different ball game. The, the ball game's not even close. And sure, we're annoyed that the lead got down to five. But ultimately, Purdue still found a way to win, and that's all right. We might still be annoyed, but it, it's just a completely different game. And I, I don't know what Painter can do to get these guys to to focus more on the free throws. Maybe take, you know, somebody's in my mentions like, you know, they got to take a thousand a day. It's like, I don't think that's going to happen. They've got to work on other things. Yeah, I don't. It feeds into itself at some point And yeah, you overthink it. Yeah, it's it's one of those where you have to say you have to remain calm, but focused. And that's really hard while you're trying to not push it a little strong because of adrenaline or not use your legs or free throws are hard. They, they shouldn't be this hard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, you just got to think that I, I think there's a certain amount of just kind of faith we have to have that what's these, these blemishes, these little things we've, we've been able to avoid the worst of it. We held on Illinois held on against Ohio state. I think, I think we have to take that more as a good sign than a bad sign. Yeah, I mean, you can take it one of two ways. You can say, you know, Purdue's getting lucky and ultimately fate will catch up to them and they'll lose one of these games. Or conversely, you can say, you know, Purdue is a good team and they make their own luck and they put in the work and put themselves in a position to win so that something like this, when it happens, isn't going to cost them the game. Okay, yeah, and I mean, the other team, like, Ohio State had to make a lot of shots late. Yeah. And yeah. they made all of them. It felt like. So that's not always going to happen. Um, if Liddell misses either of those threes, the comeback right. doesn't yeah, look it doesn't, any it way doesn't like matter. it does. Uh, yeah. So it's just a little bit of bad luck, a little bit of we got to get better at certain things. Painter has to get better. And then absolutely make free throws. Uh, yep. we, I don't I don't think we went after balls very well. I, I thought there were a few times. Well, there was a lot of standing around, it seemed. It, there was. There is. Um, Playing the second half where they got three three pointers off in one possession. Yeah, that can't happen. Stuff like that can't happen, and that's that's everyone buying into. We need to get the ball first and then go. 
and you can't just rely on Trey or Edie to do all that work for you. So there are plenty of places where we can improve. I, it's just such an outlier to give up 46 points in like 14 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are entire, a lot of halves this season that Purdue has not given up that many points. And this was in just under 15 minutes. So that is just wild. Um, Purdue's got to figure out that defense because, as you said, we're in the 90s now in Ken Palm versus where are we on offense? You said top three, number one not, still. Number one still. Okay. We've been number one for I, our, our offense looks great. We picked up a whole other point in efficiency. Well, so there you go. So, I mean, it's a strange imbalance because, you know, for the the vast majority of Painter's career at Purdue, the defense has carried the team. And over these last four or five years, the offense has really become the, the focal point why the defense has slowly started to slip down. Um, part of that, I think, is just the changing nature of the rules in college basketball and what you are allowed to do on defense. You know, if you look at the Painter teams of 2005, 2006 and around that time, like the Baby Boilers, those teams would get called for hundreds of fouls uh, in these new era and the new rules. Um, and, and Painter seems to maybe have not found the defense that he needs to run given this new situation and has just decided to focus more on the offensive end. I'm, I'm not sure, but uh, the way the rules have changed has certainly hurt the traditional Purdue defense. I think the fact that teams are more skilled have hurt it more than anything. Well, yeah, that that is probably to be honest, because we leave people open. That's well, yeah, and it, I, the, I think the the team that jumps out to me the most when you say that is a team like Wisconsin. You know, Wisconsin used to be this slow plotting team who had a lot of big guys who would just bruise you, and now you know the last four or five years. Granted, they've got a different coach now, uh, but he's a disciple of uh, Bo Ryan, so they they're They've been an offensive team for the last four or five years, and it's just the Big Ten has just changed in composure so much. Uh, Different teams focusing on offense. I mean, everybody focuses on offense now. It's just wild. Yeah, it's just frustrating because defense, you know, yes, you have to have. I was told it wins championships. Yeah, whatever. Perhaps that's in football only. It's the thing is your athleticism and length kind of build your floor of what you are. It's defense. Everything else is technique and hustle. And it just doesn't seem like we're up to snuff on those last two things. And that hurts because those are, those are things you can control. And you got to hope that we see a spurt here at the end of the season where we lock down a couple teams for a while for a full game. We, we need to see that this team is capable of that because we already know we have the offense against anyone in the country. Uh, we have still yet to lose a game if we score 70. Yeah. That's a low bar for success. Yeah, right. Especially, like I said, in this environment of college basketball, that's a low bar. Yeah. Out of the top 40 teams on Ken Palm, there are two teams with a defense 90 or worse. Us and Iowa. Ish. You don't want to be next to Iowa on a defense. <laughs> no, no, you do not. No, you do not. And that's before this game, we were closer to like Alabama level or um, yeah, yeah, Alabama level. Uh, Wake Forest, Utah State, we were right in there with them. Florida, decent defensive teams. Yeah, I mean, I guess. And this one half of basketball, this 13 minutes, pushed us to Iowa territory. 
I guess you just have to hope that the offense is so good, the offense is so efficient, that it can make up for deficiencies on the defensive end. I know that hasn't been the case with the most recent, you know, Final Four teams, NCAA champion teams, um, but maybe this Purdue offense is just that good. Um, I believe it's like the top five of the last decade. I think so. I saw somebody tweet uh, from Ken Palm, one of the most efficient of the last decade. So uh, maybe that will be enough. But I, I think we both agree that the defense needs to find itself a little bit more. So uh, I think that's enough on these last two games. We're going to take a break, come back and talk about Purdue versus Minnesota coming up as the next game for this Boilermaker squad. We'll be right back. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChumpaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And we are back to talk about Purdue's next game on the schedule. Going to be Wednesday, February 2nd. Purdue is headed to Minnesota. They're going to play at the barn. And I got a quick pop quiz for you casey i didn't tell you anything about this oh, can no. you name can you name me the minnesota golden gophers Don't head say head coach. basketball coach no no <laughs> no you know i <laughs> i didn't think you could I not. I asked. uh it is ben johnson yep why wouldn't it be <laughs> exactly <laughs> why not you know, the last oh. I knew it was little Rick Pitino, so uh, it's been a while. I honestly, I don't know anything about this guy. It's his first head coaching gig. I know he 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 apparently played basketball uh, for Minnesota. Yeah. So good for him. He got a bit of a Matt Painter story coming back to his alma mater, trying to make things right. Careful. <laughs> why? Why? Don't put those two together. I don't think he's really oh. earned it yet. 
Well, I'm just saying. It's got, Painter two, came in and, it's got two Big Ten wins, buddy. Calm down. Uh, do you remember Matt Painter's first year? Yeah. He won nine games on the season. Oh, shit. Well, he's better than Matt Painter. All right. We were, said it. Purdue was 9-19. and 19 You heard it here, night. folks. Ledman says yep. Ben Johnson's better than Matt Painter. Ben Johnson, better than Matt Painter. Barely knew him. No, he's better. No, I don't. I, I, so, yeah. Minnesota currently sitting uh, ah. overall. They are 11-7. Yeah. Currently currently sit 2-7 and seven in conference. So, not exactly lighting the world on fire. If you'll remember when we did our brief uh, overview of the Big Ten, Minnesota did not get a lot of time because they are mm. not a not a team that we're truly worried about as far as... We also uh, didn't know their head coach. <laughs> hey, you didn't know their head coach. I gave you the pop quiz. You knew it then? In the offseason? Oh, in the offseason? No. <clears throat> no, no. Uh, but I knew it when I asked the question, so I've got I've got it uh, ahead of you there. All right, so uh, back. We, we were talking uh, before we started uh, the podcast... You you said uh, one thing to note about Minnesota is they don't really have bad losses. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, their schedule. Um, talk about the way you don't want to start the conference. I'm just going to run through the list of games they've played. Lost to Michigan State. Win against Michigan. Lost to Illinois. Lost to Indiana. Lost to Michigan State. Lost to Iowa. Lost to Ohio State. Lost to Wisconsin. Whew. Now they get to play us. Yeah, that's, uh, that's so, kind of a murderer's row. So pretty much... Every every winnable game in the Big Ten is just waiting on hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, it looks like they're they they had a game at Penn State that was postponed. Uh, they did beat Rutgers, so they've got that going for them. Yeah, so uh, they'll be they'll be working on the same schedule as us. They just played today uh, against Wisconsin on the road, so now they get to come home and host us. It's they're not they're not great, Ledman. I've heard <laughs> this before, so. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I think you've told me this before, and then we've ended up losing, so tell yeah. me more. So they're not great, but they're not terrible, because like, they've got a couple good wins. They beat Michigan State or Michigan and Mississippi State. Um, they beat Rutgers, so... Hey, that's something we couldn't do. Yeah, but, yeah, they're, they're, they don't play many people. They, they got... They, they play, like, six to six and a half guys. Uh, they'll probably throw out seven when they play us because they have a seven-foot freshman who is seven foot and 210 pounds, Ledman. Oh, my goodness. Um, That is, like, rail thin. That's like uh, Jonathan Uchindu yeah. uh, thin, if, you, if anybody remembers him. So it's it's going to be fun to watch Edie against these guys, I think. And, uh, yeah, they're not uh, – pretty much they are a entirely new team. Everyone yeah, yeah, that they, was on the team last the year portal left. hard. So the the only guy that's still there is Eric Curry. He tries hard. He's hey, he's, he's you okay. Know, you take that. He rebounds well. I, I I just don't know how to be dismissive. I I want to be dismissive. That that is my that is who I am as a person, and I want to dismiss this team because they are not good on defense. They don't match up well against us at all, and they're not a big threat on offense. The one thing they do well is they defend the three point line. Uh, teams are shooting under 30% again. Under 30%? Under wow, 30%. that is pretty impressive. So they're also letting people shoot 51% inside the arc. That's probably unfortunate when you go in against a team with Ivy driving the basket and Edie and Trey inside. Just my assumption, we will... Uh, honestly, we might not... It, it might be close because they're going to put us to the foul line a lot. Well, yeah, and as we've seen, that can be uh, a huge problem. I do want to point out they have a player on their team uh, named Jamison Battle. And I had to look it up uh, to be like, is this guy related to Taylor Battle? 
from Penn State all those years ago. It does not appear he is. So in case you were wondering that, like I was, does not appear to be related to Taylor Battle. Uh, one of the guys who back in uh, the late 2000s, Penn State only generally had about one good player on the team. And it and was Taylor, always Taylor Battle. <laughs> and it was always Taylor Battle. So uh, does not appear to be related uh, to to this guy from Minnesota. Yeah, I I just don't know what they're going to do inside against this. To be honest, they're I I'm I'm interested to see this uh, seven foot two hundred pound guy go out there. Going to get broken in half. Yeah, it's not it's not going to look pretty. He he's a stretch big, so he'll probably hit seven threes on us. He's hit three on the year, so double it and add one. But yeah, this is I, they're just really thin, and I. I don't think that's a recipe for succeeding against a Purdue team like this that is deep, that can hurt you in a lot of ways, can really get after you. Um, Peyton Willis is fun to watch. Uh, efficient player, good playmaker, shoots the ball well, uh, really shoots the ball well. Uh, he'll be fun to watch, but it, it, it's it's going to be a tall task for a team that's going to be disadvantaged at most, most positions. Yeah. Yeah, so that, uh, I mean, we don't have a, really a whole lot to talk about with Minnesota. I do you want to like... say a seance? <laughs> do you want like, to get some out of the way here? Five, beat me yeah. to it by about five seconds. I always hate playing at the barn uh, just because, of course, it was the scene of the Robbie Hummel ACL tear. And it's just, I, I've always hated playing there ever since then. Um, I remember watching that game uh, with some buddies of mine in college. We were watching it as we were, you know, we went to a bar and we were eating at the time. And it was just, we saw Hummel go down and it was just, oh, that's an ACL. And then we were like, you know, you, you go into the stages of grief. So you're immediately in denial. You're like, oh no, maybe it was just a groin. Maybe he, like he slipped and he hurt his groin. Cause you know, he's grabbing uh, down that area. Maybe, you know, maybe he's going to be fine. It's nothing. And then you see him go off the floor and you're like, no, he's fine. He's fine. Uh, so I've always hated playing there. We, as long as Purdue gets out without an injury that to me, that's a successful trip to Minnesota. It did create some of the best Purdue content online. <laughs> well, fantastic. Uh, you know what I'd rather have the fricking national title we got robbed of. I get, I, I, you and Hitler both. I don't know. That makes no sense. Have you not seen the video? Oh, oh, <laughs> you mean, okay. I was, I was just thinking of general Purdue content and I was like, what the hell are you talking about? Yes. For those that do not know, uh, there is a, there's a movie, a very good movie, actually, if you've never seen it called downfall. Um, and in it, uh, it is about World War II and the downfall of Germany uh, as the war comes to a close and, and the Allies close in on Hitler's Germany. Um, and there's a scene, which you may have seen turned into a YouTube video of for numerous different uh, terrible events, depending on the, uh, the fan base, of Hitler in a room with his generals uh, talking about things. And, of course, the whole movie is in German, so all they have to do is change the subtitles. Uh, and the the Hitler response to Robbie Hummel's torn ACL video it's very good. <laughs> is very good, uh, which is a weird sentence. Yes. I just want to I just want to be clear that Nazi uh, anger really hit. It yeah. <laughs> really hit home. I, I, and, I, you know, I had forget, forgotten about that nearly completely until you just mentioned it. And I again, it took me a minute to be like, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we'll probably tweet that out or maybe I'll put it in the uh, post with this uh, podcast, but it is quite enjoyable. So at least we got that out of it. So Casey, is there anything else I need to know about Minnesota before we get the hell out of here? We just have to take care of this game, right? Like, yes, absolutely. If we can just rinse our mouths out with a 
10 to 18 point win that <laughs> never sinks down below seven in the last couple minutes. Yeah. 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 I mean, Purdue needs to show that they can close out a game. You know, we had the Northwestern game where we ended up winning by 20, but that's Northwestern and you know, no offense to them, but they're not very good. Uh, Minnesota also not very good. But oh, at least they've I, got some talent. I got one more shout out. Oh, okay. And I, I never, it. I never, I never read our comments. That is, that is true. Comment sections in general, uh, generally toxic. We don't love to see it. We love you it's guys. Like, it's, like reading, it's like reading your mentions on Twitter. Sometimes you yeah. just shouldn't do it. We love you guys. We appreciate all you're doing. The comments are the worst. Within four comments of, I believe it was the game recap for Iowa. Someone posted. The, the most recent game, I assume you mean? The one no, you wrote Iowa. about. I, the one Iowa. No, no. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Iowa. Someone wrote, it just seems like we're better when Ivy plays less. Get out. Yes. I don't know. Absolutely it, not. And and I've checked back in, and it's just a full thread of people shaming that person. Which Good. I'm sure that guy is lovely. It, it sounds like it's not a normal thing for him to say these outrageous things, but just official Hammer and Rails response, exactly what you said. <laughs> no. Get out. Like... <laughs> You you saw that a lot too um, when Carson was on the team. People are like, you know, I just think we need to we need to bench Carson for a little while. You know, he's putting up too many shots. It's like he is the most talented player on the floor. Will he make mistakes? Absolutely. He is a 21, 22 year old kid. Okay, also, they're the best player, and they have to do the toughest things on the court. So the harder the game is, yes, he's going to be out there. We're going to play less well because it's the toughest times to play. It's going to look better when he doesn't play a lot because we're up 20 and he doesn't right. need to play. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Let's end it there. Let's shame everyone yeah. who reads and, and contributes to our site. Yeah. Uh, so hopefully we we walk away from the barn um, on Wednesday with another victory. Uh, so it'll be interesting because uh, we normally record on Wednesday, uh, but we may have to switch What time's that the game? The game is at seven, so it won't be over until around nine. So we may have to switch that to Thursday. So uh, your feed may be slightly different this week, but rest assured we will be covering the Minnesota game once it's over. So uh, for Casey and myself, let's get out there. Let's get another victory, and uh, let's all laugh at Novak Djokovic together because he didn't get the Australian Open, and uh, Rafael Nadal did, and now he has the uh, most singles titles. And I talked about it on Twitter, and people got all up – in my mentions and we're angry and I just want to mention it again because ha. Yeah. I'm just going to still things I don't care about. Good. Good. Bring it on. I'm going to enjoy the rest of my Mai Tai. Go Nafiel. What's his name? Rafael Nadal. Oh, he's still around. Yeah. He's old for a tennis player, man. (laughs) Him and Federer are like ancient for tennis players. Federer still playing. Yeah. What? Yeah. I don't, I don't think he played in this tournament. But uh, he's still out there. I don't think he officially retired yet. Incredible. Folks, have a good evening. All right. (laughs) 